0: You're listening to episode 14 of the Geek Watch Podcast, Brian and Mandy Get Out, with your hosts, Brian Hatcher and Mandy (music) Petrie. Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 14 of the Geek Watch Podcast. My name is Brian Hatcher, and with me as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petri. Good evening, Brian. We have our evenings planned, don't we?
1: Oh, I guess we do, yeah.
0: Because yeah. you're going to rehearsal, mm-hmm. and I'm going to see Black Panther.
1: Yes! Because yes, one
0: I'm of sure. us has our priority straight, And? That's me.
1: Oh, yes. okay.
0: <laughs> All right. I'm looking forward to it. I really am. And, of course, you're going to be, uh, you'll be catching it this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'll probably be catching it again this weekend. And this certainly we'll be talking about it next week. I'm gonna be really excited to hear what you got to say about it.
1: Yeah, and uh, you discussed a special guest maybe next week. That's a possibility. Is that a, uh
0: we I don't may know if it was have a, a special. Shocking... Yeah. Yes, we may that have was a... To be
1: a secret. Sorry, well, yeah. guys.
0: It's a special guest, and we'll talk more about it next
1: week. Okay, definitely. all right.
0: So you uh, told me about a trailer that dropped this.
1: Yes, week. yesterday. You know, we've been pretty superhero centric the last couple of episodes, so why not talk about the Incredibles? The
0: Incredibles too. The
1: Incredibles too. We have been waiting for. Well, I don't know if you've been waiting for this, but I've been waiting for this for a while. Well,
0: I mean, it was a superhero movie before there were superhero, superhero movies, <laughs> and What's really great about it is that movie was the fantastic form of film that we never got.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. They
0: even have the little baby that's sort of the Franklin Richards. <laughs> Because he has all the powers, there just like ours. Franklin Richards. But I got a chance to watch the new trailer, and yeah, it looks like it's going to be a lot of it fun.
1: It does, it and it looks like the whole cast is back. And after so many years, it's really exciting, and it looks like the story is going to be really good. And it looks like it happens pretty much immediately after the events of the first movie, despite being so long ago. With, with the Pixar, we've got three Toy Stories, we've got three cars, but we only get one up, and we only get one Incredibles. We've been waiting for a long time for this. Yeah, what's
0: up with that? <laughs> what's up with that? <laughs> and
1: I get it's a thing with the toy what's marketable with toys for kids to sell, and that's a big part of it.
0: Oh, yeah, but I'm going to say that looking at the trailer, it's going to be a different situation this time around because when the first Incredibles came out, there weren't like tons of superhero movies out there. It was sort of an anomaly. and that's kind of what made it fun was you're going over some terrain that wasn't really being covered in the movies, and this time around, superhero movies are pretty much all the blockbusters at this Mm -hmm. point. So it'll be interesting to see how the second Incredibles holds up in a soil-rich environment when it comes yeah. to superhero movies. But it's going to be covering a whole lot of issues that you don't see in a lot of superhero movies. The The superhero who stays home to take care of the kids instead. Right. Mm-hmm. So what,
1: Yeah, because
0: how, exactly. it's
1: very much a family dynamic like the first film was. It was more about this family dynamic who happened to have superpowers. So maybe this time now we'll get a little bit more and how superpowers affect The everyday person. Not too long ago, there was a TV show out about. It was like an insurance company when you got damage incorporated. Damage incorporated, yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you don't remember it because it only lasted one season, which is really
1: sad. I never got to watch it. Yeah,
0: it's strange to me. Marvel seems to do really well in their movies and also very well in their Netflix series. One or two missteps there, but the Netflix series does pretty well. Their Achilles' heel has always been television. And I like that they're taking chances, but those t- chances don't really pay off that well in the ABC television universe. Now, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I hear is pretty good. I watched a season of it and I kind of lost interest in it. And there's been some interesting things that have happened. Maybe I'll go visit it again, but Damage Incorporated didn't do very well. Agent Carter did well, but wound up getting canceled after a little while. Yeah, and humans um, just tanked.
1: They're basically. really, I think they're binging shows. You need to sit down and watch them all at once. Not unlike a movie, Jessica Jones, sit down and go through a season in just a couple hours. But having to wait, I suppose, maybe that's what Marvel's having trouble with. Plot points and cliffhangers, I suppose. Well,
0: I think that one of the biggest issues that the ABC series have is there's a real drive to bring things under budget. There's nothing you're going to see in the ABC shows that are going to wow you, special effects-wise. In fact, one of the big downers about being humans, you have this large family of powerful beings with very quirky, strange abilities. That's going to demand a lot of special effects. Just a big bulldog that teleports people alone is going to be a financial nightmare. Now, apparently, Lockjaw turned out pretty well, but there was a lot of times where you could see they were going cheap. Mm -hmm. And that's all Going to hurt you, yeah. They're going to have to be willing to cut loose, but I think you're right. We're getting to a point now in television that we want it all and we want it now, Mm -hmm. and that's the strength of Netflix. They they take a series, they just put it out there. It's like if you want to watch one episode a week, that's fine. If you want to watch the whole thing, you spend the day Mm -hmm. and enjoy this story from beginning to end, you can do that, which a lot of people love doing. And in fact, I've kind of gotten to the point now where I very seldom get into a new series until...
1: Until Until it is streaming, yeah. Until
0: it's streaming, and it's pretty much over, which means that by the end of 2019, I may actually start watching Game of Thrones. Because... 2019 will be the last season of it, mm-hmm. so I'll probably wind up watching it. I read an article about George R. R. Martin talking about how long it's going to wind up taking him to come out with the next Game of Thrones book, and he's got a couple of books he's planning on writing, little small sidebar type of things mm-hmm. about the history of the Lannisters and things like that. It's going to be broken up into two books, apparently.
1: Okay, that's so kind of like uh, Tolkien did with you know all those little side, the side stories. The of- and, and
0: exactly. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's going to do one book, and then he's going to do his big book, and then he's going to go back and visit in part two.
1: The very first one was, what, 1996? Or... Yes. Yeah, so these are—we're <laughs> looking at 22 years of his work just for, what, five, six seasons? What, what season are we on?
0: I don't watch it, so I don't know how many seasons there are.
1: <laughs> I watch it, but I, I don't know how many seasons there are.
0: I think, really, the only TV shows that I don't binge and I don't wait have to be Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. I think that and, of course, Walking Dead, which— the 25th will be rolling around, not this yes. this next week, but the weekend after we can start our...
1: Crying. Uh,
0: our crying and, yep. our, and our...
1: Well, I will be crying. I'm positive. <laughs> I tell you,
0: have you seen the trailers for the season yet?
1: I have not, no.
0: So, this is what we're going to do then. We'll get you on YouTube. You can watch all the trailers for the next season of Walking Dead and we can talk about that next week. Okay. Recently, you'd finally seen Get Out.
1: Yes, finally. And I was really excited about it because I've been waiting so long. Finally got to see it and heard so much about it.
0: So, first impressions. What did you think?
1: I can't even say enough good things about it. Everything it gets, it deserves. The visuals, the... Dialogue, just everything is great. And so I was doing some research for it. I heard about, oh, you can't call it a horror film. You can't call it a psychological thriller because it's all these things. You can't put it into a box. And even Jordan Peele said, you can't put it into a box. And I have before, Brian, and I should apologize to you, the writer, I have told writers before that they were wrong about their own work. (laughs) I have done so twice. (laughs) And I would say, I would tell him that he was wrong because... Watching this movie, I know the perfect genre to put this in, and that is modern American gothic.
0: I think it's very fair to say that. I was, when I first heard that the movie was was coming out, I was very enthusiastic and excited about it, because I've been a big fan of Key and Peele for a while. And the thing about Key and Peele and their Comedy Central show is mm-hmm. that it was so inventive. It was so fresh. Their stuff was cutting edge. That pair was amazingly creative. Mm-hmm. And so I, again, I was looking forward to the movie just to the fact that I knew how creative Key Peel could be and Jordan Peel. I wanted to see what he could do behind mm-hmm. the camera in the director's chair of course I teach horror writing and I mentor students and one thing that I've always said to my students is that if you want to learn how to write horror study comedy writing because the mm-hmm. process is exactly the same wow because the setting up of a joke and the setting up of a scream it's an emotional reaction and the build up the building of tension and the release of tension It's the same process. It just goes down a different road. I knew that Jordan Peele, if he could translate his comedy into horror, that as funny as he could be, that's how scary he could be. Mm -hmm. I had seen Keanu, the movie that Keanu Peele did. It's about it's about the movie. Something about a cat. Yeah, okay. Keanu's a cat. yes. all right. I
1: haven't seen it. But...
0: And, and the cat gets stolen by some gangsters, and so they have to go and try to get the kitten back. Huh. And so they're not nearly as hard as <laughs> as these gangsters. But there's a scene at the beginning where Key and Peele play a couple of these hard edged assassin types that are almost like Michael Myers in their abilities mm. to kill people. And they huh. are they basically come in this pair in the middle of a drug factory, and they just roll in and just kill everybody and it's (laughs) it's it's one of those things you're just like your jaw just hits the floor I didn't know what to say it was just weird but I knew that if Jordan Peele could flip the switch on it I knew that he would do well. And, of course, he did.
1: I, absolutely. I mean, the tension. And honestly, for me, when watching the movie, and I guess, are we, have we already done spoilers? Here come the spoilers, guys. Here comes the spoilers. Okay. So, I think, first, the jump scare was hitting the deer. I was okay with that. And then, the one character standing out in the yard and just kind of staring at him as he walks into the house, I was fine. What totally unnerved me was when they walk into the kitchen, and there she is with that Stepford wife smile on her face and frozen in time. That's what what gave me the tension. That's what made me anxious. And that was the first time it really hit me. Like knowing that what the movie was going into it, I knew I was going to be feeling these. I didn't get that until that moment. Like now I know something's wrong here. Well,
0: what really impressed me about the film is that when I first saw the trailer, I had an expectation. And why, even though, like I said, I, I was a big fan of Jordan Peele and I really wanted to see what he was going to do. I thought, well, this movie is going to be kind of pedestrian. And the reason why is when I first saw the trailer, what I thought the story was going to be was it was going to be a bunch of these rich crackers up in the Hamptons, wasps in the (laughs) Hamptons, who they were old money. They got that money from their grandparents who had slaves out in the fields. Mm -hmm. And in some sick way, they were lobotomizing black people to get them back out in the field so they could have house Negroes, (laughs) so they could have servants. Mm -hmm. They just wanted things back to the way the way it was in the good old days. And
1: you know what, Brian? I think that's what that character, the, the main character, I think he goes through that himself. What you thought was happening was yeah. what he thought was happening.
0: Right. Yeah. But what's interesting, of course, is Jordan Peele, as creative as he is, He wasn't going down that easy road. He had another idea. So everybody there, all the bad guys, they're not racist. You have the girlfriend who stands up to the police officer who's harassing her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And she's a villain. She's one of the bad guys. I
1: was, and, and I'll tell you, Brian, I was hoping so hard for her because she always had that same perfect smile as they all did. And I thought the parents had been hypnotizing her this whole time. They make her forget her exes. And oh, and then there go the keys. Like, oh, man, I hope she dies really good. Yeah. <laughs> right at that moment. Man, I hope she dies really I good. Hope she,
0: I hope she dies real <laughs> harsh. Real, real hard. Re- real harsh. But the thing about it is, and I, f- I find this interesting, is because he made allies the villains. I mean, these were people who didn't hate black people. In fact, they liked them so much, they wanted to ride around in them.
1: Yeah. Oh. Which is
0: kind of messed up. And but it's, it's, it is sort that's of that. Why it's
1: unnerving. It and is very well,
0: unnerving. It's like. I like you so much, I can't let you go.
1: And It's kind of, like you said, that's what we were expecting. We were expecting racism because it's been around so long. We get that. Yeah. This is something that's completely... uh
0: (laughs) And I find it interesting because it's a subject that I've seen comedians tackle in one form or another. Best example, Dave Chappelle, when he was on Saturday Night Live, and they did the skit with a bunch of friends who were watching the election night results and completely shocked that Donald Trump was <laughs> winning. And you have Dave Chappelle, and Chris Rock comes in, after and he's part of the sketch. This whole idea of... They're shocked. He's like, "How could this possibly happen?" And Dave is like, "Really? Some rich cracker gets elected as president? You that that surprises sh- you? That surprises you? That <laughs> shocks you?" And of course, a lot of his white friends are sitting there, just like, "Oh, this is this is horrible. This is terrible. They're mourning this." And one woman is like, Man, "We women, we just just people just don't understand how hard we have it." And Dave's like, "I think I kind of understand <laughs> a little bit." But there's always been this edge, and I understand it about the the issues sometimes that people have with allies, people that say things like, "Well, I don't see race." People that get so wrapped up in not being part of the problem that they never really become part of the solution. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a that by the difference of,
1: between anti and non exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And so I thought it was really interesting on how by kind of twisting it a little bit, Jordan took a, a subject that could have been very ham fisted and very obvious and on the nose. It would have been a fun watch. It had been creative because he's a creative person. But by twisting it just that little bit. Mm-hmm. He was able to say a lot more in that film. Again, it's a testament to how creative that he it is that good. he that he was. And
1: and if uh, Mr. Peel, if you ever do listen to this podcast uh, <laughs> recorded out of Charleston, West Virginia, way to go! We're such huge fans. Thank you so much for this amazing film. And, and
0: you, you could tell that he's definitely a fan of horror movies because there's a lot of just really wonderful nonce in the movie. You could see that where his thought processes were going. He hits a deer at the beginning and he kills the father yes. with the deer. Oh, horse
1: love that so much, Brian. Yes. And that made me jump up and shout. You know,
0: and you know, it's like all these rich people who are coming in to bid on him so that they can be put into his body. They all come in and riding black vehicles. Just in case you're wondering, yeah, we'll, we'll let you know what's up. Without the
1: symbolism s- isn't that subtle, Once you?
0: <laughs> yeah, I love when people give you those little nods. But getting back to Jordan Peele and just how creative Get Out was, amazing film, the attention to detail, little small things that you're not going to catch unless you're a huge horror fan, like. In the airport, when you hear flight number 237, which of course is the room number from Stephen King's The Shining, the the room with the ghost of the woman in the bathtub that Danny winds up seeing Mm -hmm. when he goes into the room, there was just so much good stuff in that movie. He spent a lot of time, he spent a lot of effort and a lot of creativity. It was something we hadn't seen before. Mm -hmm. And it had a lot to say without coming off preachy. And it was funny. Like a lot of films can't manage to be. It's comedy was really good. Its horror was really creepy, Mm -hmm. and it had texture. You talk about trying to figure out a genre for things. Mm -hmm. I think in a lot of stuff, it's not that hard at all because it is pretty cut and dry. It's a comedy. It's funny, funny, funny. Mm -hmm. Tragic in the middle. Funny, funny, funny. There's that structure. And horror movies is boo, 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 playing the same note over again. But it's the best movies that have that texture, that have that combination of different emotions that make you care about characters and then throws them in the path of real danger. And has that ability to tell a great story. A lot of movies don't manage to do right. that. I don't know if Jordan Peele is going to win for best director in the Oscars. He did get the nod. Mm-hmm. I think this is Guillermo de Toro's year. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think that eventually Jordan Peele is going to see it an Oscar Sorry if he continues to direct because he's just, it's, he's just so creative. And it was wonderful to watch that film, to see somebody who, although doesn't have this huge back catalog of films, but you can see somebody who had mastered his craft to a degree that he brought something that was brand new and fresh and
1: it's familiar, but. It, yeah. It's twisted. It's yeah. the twisted familiar. And as I was, you know, telling you earlier why why I think it's modern American Gothic. The only thing that keeps it for me from being Southern Gothic is just the location. Right. When you tell people what is Southern Gothic and you say, to kill a mockingbird, innocence and civil social justice issues and almost the supernatural. And so we've got all that. We've got social justice in this film. We've got the supernatural. We've got the scientific Mm -hmm. Uh, The body horror of it and the being trapped in hell on earth and hell in your own body. Again, I can't say enough good things about it. I'm tongue tied (laughs) about how much I loved this movie. It was
0: a great film. I Mm -hmm. was glad to see that it got some nods because horror films don't normally wind up in Oscar territory. Now, not to say it's never happened. Silence of the Lambs. Mm hmm great stuff very there. rare but very in, rare know, but when misery. something mm-hmm. misery yeah but then again when something is done as well as that you can't you can't help but recognize its quality
1: I'll tell you a uh, I could see him egotting eventually. And if you're surprised by that, listeners, that a comedy writer would egot, let's look at Trey Parker and T- Stone. Uh, you Stone. know, the Oscar award winners, Grammy award winners, Emmy award winners, Tony award winners. They are the Shakespeare of their time. And watching Get Out, there are several very visual, important things, but I really feel, Brian, that this could make a great stage play as well. It would take some interesting staging and maybe some good sound effects, but I think that this could be on Broadway and get some Tonys. It would. Be I think so. Fantastic. To I watch. don't know.
0: I don't know if it would make a good musical. That would. I don't
1: be... think it would make a good musical. Uh, <laughs> I would agree. Yeah, but I'm sure they said the same thing about Les Miserables and how Les miserable that story is and oh, how yeah. sad it is.
0: Yeah, wonderful film. And very creative. And it it gave you what you wanted, and it gave you a bunch of stuff you didn't know you wanted. Because it was just, again, it was so very creative. It was so innovative. It took some horror cliches and, and twisted them and made them new and fresh. And certainly, as a, a fan of horror film, it's something I don't get to see very often, but I'm always happy when I get to. And so, that should be it for this week's episode. Next week, Black, Black Panther. Panther. We'll talk about the trailer for the walking dead, and maybe we'll do a little bit of speculation about some of the things that may be happening. There are some things...